0: Welcome back to the last
1: episode of AI Week on the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, we continued our week-long dive into a subject that is both the present and future of marketing, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Each day this week, we've published an episode discussing a different topic related to how AI is changing the landscape of marketing. Joining us for AI Week is Dan Fagella, who is the CEO of Emerge, formerly Tech Emergence. Emerge is a content network and research firm that owns the largest audience of AI-focused businesses with the goal of connecting business leaders to the AI solutions and services they need to stay ahead of their competition. Prior to founding Emerge, Dan has founded and sold multiple businesses, including the Science of Skill, which is an e-commerce and e-learning company in the self-protection and self-defense industry that had a seven-figure exit. So we're very excited to have him here. Yesterday, Dan walked us through the technology trends that he thinks marketers should be aware or cautious of related to AI. And today we're going to discuss how AI will shape the future of marketing. Here's the last installment of our interview with Dan Fagella from Emerge. Dan, it's Friday. Happy Friday, and welcome to the last episode of AI Week on the MarTech Podcast. We've been banging
2: it out, man. I'm glad to get this one out. I think there'll be some great takeaways, so let's hop in.
1: It's been a pleasure talking to you. We've given lots of great insights in terms of what AI is, who's using it well, what are some of the vendors that businesses can look to to adopt AI, what people should be aware of. I want to talk about the future. And I'm going to preface this with, I've waited all week long to make a Terminator joke. But (laughs) at some point here, whenever the conversation about artificial intelligence comes up, I feel the need to talk about Sarah Connor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Skynet. At what point do the machines take over and we all start running for our lives? And how does that relate to what's happening in marketing? Tell us about the future of AI and where does it lead us?
2: Well, I hate to spook you, man. I believe at some point within my lifetime I will see either the beginnings of or birth of post-human intelligence, either through cognitively enhanced human beings or through a more artificial general intelligence to the point of the very spooky scenarios. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to turn out like Terminator, but I'm saying that when there is something with greater sentient richness and depth than man, which I think there's a reasonable shot at that in the next 50 years, and I'm not the only one that thinks so, I think the tables do turn. I certainly don't see humans as is kind of being running the show in, let's say, 100, 200 years from now. This is based not on my suppositions in a dark corner doing mushrooms or something. This is based on me polling PhDs in this space. So if you're on techemergence.com and you type in artificial intelligence risk, you can see us polling 30-some-odd PhDs in the AI space and basically asking them, by when do you think artificial intelligence would become self-aware? We have another bit of research that we're going to be presenting probably at the, the World Governance Summit in, in Dubai around when machine intelligence would likely kind of surpass humans in more general tasks. And there's a lot of consensus around the fifth, or 2050, 2060 range. So if that is in fact right, then we're headed to a spooky long-term place, Ben. That's not the focus of this show. But certainly if you Google my name in YouTube, you're going to find four different TEDx talks about basically the species dominance question of our future. And scary, scary stuff for grandchildren. That's the short synopsis.
1: Okay, I've got questions. (laughs) And while we're on the subject, if my laptop happens to be listening, I just want to let you know that I love you and let's continue (laughs) to be friends. But aside from trying to make nice with the computers, you're saying that in the next 50 years, there's going to be a tipping point of artificial intelligence being self-aware and potentially having more knowledge and awareness than humans. So what does that mean?
2: Well, I'll tell you what it means roughly in my opinion. Two things. Number one, I don't have a crystal ball and I've never really made firm predictions. I've just said, I've done my research. I've talked to enough PhDs in this space some of whom admittedly have an interest in artificial general intelligence, so maybe we could call them optimists. But I'll be honest with you, if you look at the research I told you about, many of them are actually pessimists. So I like to think I'm looking at the middle of the road. I'm not making predictions. However, my guess is my guess, and my suppositions are my suppositions. Easiest first thing that registers, in my personal opinion, is that the value of a moral entity, an individual moral entity, Ben, I believe is the richness and depth of its sentience. So if I told you that you are riding in a train and you can either run over a squirrel or a human and you don't know anything about the squirrel or the human and there are no legal consequences... Almost 100% of the time, you're going to hit the squirrel because unless you're malicious, you recognize that not only does a human wear shirts and have an opposable thumb like you, but much more importantly, they have an understanding of self an understanding of others, relationships to others, a long lifespan, a rich range of positive and negative emotions, and all that depth is packed into that skull. And oh my goodness, there's a lot of moral weight in there. Now, we are the highest part of that ballgame. We are the highest richness and sentient depth that exists today. Dolphins get a lot of respect, and they should. Chimpanzees get a lot of respect, and they should, but not as much as people. I'm not saying we're the best in some offensive way. I'm just saying we are the highest manifestation of sentient richness and depth when that can be augmented, human brains expanded, or that can be created, artificial general intelligence, in ways that are beyond what the human moral weight is, I think we'll have to accept that there are things more worthy, potentially of resources and of planning and of sort of determining the trajectory of intelligence itself than maybe even we are. Maybe more worthy of sort of having their way, and I think that that's a conversation people almost never have, but I think that that is the first preeminent utilitarian moral concern to
1: deal with there. I'm sufficiently terrified, Let's go back to talking about marketing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, we talked a little bit about how artificial intelligence is at its early adoption stage and is really a game for companies and industries with a tremendous amount of data, incredibly sophisticated engineers, and the people that are doing AI in the truest sense are the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, Amazons as well. Time for a 1 minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. Where does it go down the road? Does it become more accessible? Is it still going to have a high bar in terms of accessibility?
2: Yeah. So as we move farther down the road, and again, we've actually covered this in reasonable depth in that machine learning and marketing research, which again, I'll make sure is in the show notes, but we have kind of a current highest value ROI kinds of AI applications that we polled 50 different people who are selling artificial intelligence marketing solutions. And then we asked five years from now, what will be the highest ROI applications? And you can see a good deal of shifting in terms of different use cases that are going to become more accessible and more impactful. But if I can talk at a high level, the technology itself will become much more useful. So it is extremely unfortunate how much data integration, data harmonization, data infrastructure, feature engineering, challenging, heavy data science work has to go into applying one of these robust solutions to a business. Those barriers will drop. And in part, they will drop because many of these algorithms will be trained to a reasonable degree on larger proxy businesses. And those learnings will translate to smaller businesses across the marketing landscape. If you'd like, I can give you one particular tangible hypothetical example. I would love it. What I'm telling you is a hypothetical example that is intended to not be seen by itself, but be seen as a broad dynamic of what will happen in marketing writ large. So let's say I run a business that helps with lead scoring. So I help with lead scoring and essentially prompting marketers and salespeople on when and how to kind of call a prospect in order to close a deal with that prospect. I'm just giving you a random... So I'm a big CRM and marketing automation company. Let's just say that, okay? You're Salesforce. I'm Salesforce. I'm inside sales, which is actually a much more direct example. Let's also say, Ben, that tomorrow I integrate with a really huge chain of car dealerships. I'm talking about 50 car dealerships around the country. Maybe a huge dealership is like 100. I integrate with that firm. Well, what's going to have to happen? If it happens today, Ben, 2018... What I'm going to have to do is deeply integrate with all of their sales activities, make sure that I can digitize all these digital touch points and all these phone calls, all these follow-up emails, and figure out how to feed all that into my system. And then eventually train over months, months, and months of time to be able to figure out what are the proxies for leads that are more likely to become buyers? What are the proxies for high customer lifetime buyers? What are the best times to call somebody on a weekday if they're trying to buy a pickup truck? You get it, Ben, a million of these things, right? Now, let's say four years from now, I've sold to not 50 car dealerships, I've sold to 1,200 car dealerships. I've integrated with a billion of these fricking guys. I've seen so many cars get sold. I've seen so many sales activities as this big marketing automation vendor company What happens at some threshold, and Lord knows what exactly that threshold is, Ben, but at some point there's a threshold where I can go find a reasonably small business car dealership somewhere, and I can tell them the following without lying. Now, today, for the most part, this would be a lie. In the future, it will not be a lie. Hello, car dealership. You don't have nearly enough data to train your own machine learning algorithms and to actually do AI to coax forth new patterns to make more sales of your cars, but I'll tell you something. I happen to have a system that's pretty well trained on this. And in general, when you get leads, the follow-up prompts and the, the call prompts and the email prompts that we suggest you do from our marketing automation system, trained on a thousand dealerships that are bigger than yours even without training on your data, just leveraging past patterns is going to be a better proxy, a better source of best practices and forward activities for you than whatever you're doing right now. And so simply by buying us, you're buying the brains of the best practices of those other companies, and you should go with no other CRM than us. That will be an argument, Ben, that in four years may be viable.
1: Okay. So essentially... Part of the near-term future is that there are large companies that are going to invest in AI and take data across an entire industry and be able to provide artificial intelligence that is looking at industry-wide data to make practical applications to smaller businesses, thus bringing the utility threshold for artificial intelligence down to the small, medium-sized business.
2: You are right on the money, and I'll give you a great example that isn't even marketing, but it's so easy, you can say it in 20 seconds, surveillance cameras. Mm-hmm. The first systems that were trained in a really, really robust manner to detect people and vehicles and movement on surveillance cameras, that required a lot of data. They might've had to integrate with a police force somewhere or with a huge business with a lot of physical locations like 7-Eleven, where they have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of cameras at all their different locations, whatever the case may be. In order to finally train, tweak, adjust enough of these algorithms, label enough of this data to figure out what's a person, what's a car. Now, you can basically sell that train set to anybody that has surveillance needs and it kind of works. Now, in marketing, we're talking about a harder problem. Lead scoring for selling pickup trucks is a more narrow solution than is that a human or not? Is that a car or not? Is that moving or not? But the same dynamic will play out.
1: I would also guess that you need less certainty in terms of making the marketing automation successful. You want an 80% probability that you should be sending a text message to this person right now, as opposed to when you're talking about like autonomous vehicles, you want a 99.9% certainty that that is not a dog in the middle of the road.
2: 100 percent you're touching on a great point and this is why marketing is actually a very exciting area for ai number one a lot of the really exciting companies in this space are already digitally native wow is that cool because i tell you what in healthcare and finance that is not the case and those are really big sectors for us but they're much more stodgy but another reason is because you can be 80 20 and hit it out of the park ben if i'm 80 20 for cancer diagnosis you want to know how quickly i get sued
1: Mm, pretty quick,
2: really quick. But if I'm <laughs> yeah. eighty twenty on what pair of boots I want to sell you, who gives a crap if it's ten percent more incremental revenue for your cart value? Literally, who cares? And so, marketing is a fun playground in that sense that we actually do have some room to wiggle where we don't need to understand the machine; we just need it to incrementally improve systems, and that makes marketing a pretty fun space to follow.
1: So I think at the end of the day, a couple of things to just recap is that the threshold for using artificial intelligence will come down in the future because we're going to be able to aggregate more industry-wide data. So we'll see a number of large players starting to be able to get access and repurpose the data sets that they have for applications for smaller businesses. And two, there is a high probability of my laptop eating my lunch. It's
2: a little bit more complicated than that. But yes, something like that in a long enough time horizon. But enjoy the next five decades, brother. I tell you that much.
1: (laughs) That's the plan. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap up the entire Artificial Intelligence Week on the MarTech podcast. So thanks to Dan Pagella from Emerge for joining us for AI Week. If you'd like to learn more about Dan, you can click the link in our show notes to his bio or go to techemergence.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. If you have any questions related to MarTech, if you have comments on the show, if you're interested in being a guest on the MarTech podcast, click the contact us link in our show notes, or you can reach out on social media. There's some links to LinkedIn and Twitter in our show notes, or you could just search Ben J. Shap b-e-n-j-s-h-a-p to find us in social media land if you didn't have time to take notes while you're listening to this podcast no sweat we got you covered we have a summary and a full transcript of this episode on our website which is martechpod.com if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed we've got a bunch of great episodes lined up over the next few weeks so hit that subscribe button on your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week Okay. That's it for today. Thanks again to Dan for joining us. And until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.